this Friday. Your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only in theaters Friday. Get tickets now. At the beginning of fall 1973, newspapers were exploding with shocking articles. A family with four kids was found in the middle of the Pacific Ocean after more than five weeks of desperate survival. The dream of a lifetime turned into a nightmare when a group of killer whales sank the family ship. I know it sounds like a hoax, but this story is far too real. In 1971, 47-year-old Dougal Robertson wasn't a brave explorer from adventure books, far from it. He was a dairy farmer. But he had his days with the sea when he was younger. He attended Leith Nautical College in Scotland and later joined the British Merchant Navy. He was a great mariner, sailing the southern oceans. But then he met Lynn, his future wife. He couldn't bear having two loves at once. And between the sea and Lynn, he chose Lynn. But the sea never wholly left his mind. Dougal and Lynn settled down in Meadows Farm in Staffordshire. Unfortunately, the farm wasn't profitable at all. They had four kids and couldn't even afford to put new shoes on their feet, let alone a good education. Dougal knew they were in trouble when they couldn't pay the electric bills. And he didn't see a way to make things any better for his loved ones. One day, one of his younger sons asked him why they can't go on a journey around the world. It seemed like the naive question was the only excuse Dougal Robertson ever needed. Soon after, the farm was sold and the whole life savings of the family was spent on the Lucette, a 43-foot-long schooner. The boat was two years older than Dougal Robertson himself. No one in the family had any sailing experience except Dougal. His older son, Douglas, recalls that they didn't even train in the calm waters of Falmouth before setting off on January 27, 1971. It probably would have been a wise idea, but Dougal was eager to break free from the poverty of their old farm. The first thing they met on their journey was a storm that almost ended their adventure. This was a gale of fearsome power, the type where the whole sea becomes white with foam with waves up to 40 feet high and cruel winds up to 63 miles per hour. A team of experienced sailors on much sturdier vessels may find it hard to stay afloat in such conditions. But miraculously, the Robertsons endured. 18-year-old Douglas took the role of muscles on this journey. He was doing everything a whole ship crew would normally do. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. His relationship with his father was already akin to those between a captain and his subordinate. Sometimes Dougal was even too tough on his son, but one day that changed forever. When they crossed the Atlantic Ocean and were sailing to Jamaica, 
Suddenly, a powerful wind gust turned the boom of the sail, and it hit Douglas in the head. He almost flew overboard, but Douglas was faster. He caught his father by the feet and dragged him back on board. After Douglas saved his life, Douglas never allowed himself to be as harsh towards his son as he was before. To cross the Atlantic on a little schooner already takes some basic experience, but nothing could prepare them for an attack by killer whales. Mostly because they almost never attack ships at all. All those stories about killer whales hunting down people for revenge or out of pure bloodthirstiness are nothing more than just stories. Their name is also a mistake. They aren't even whales, they're dolphins, though the biggest of their kind. The killer part comes from the orcas being unmatched sea predators. They're like sea wolves, hunting in packs called pods that can be bigger than 40 orcas, 11 tons and 33 feet long each. With this type of efficiency, they're quite often seen hunting huge whales. In May 2017, they were sighted attempting a coordinated attack on a blue whale, the biggest animal that has ever lived on the Earth. In fact, this is where their name came from. They were originally called whale killers by the whalers that often told stories about orcas helping them in their hunt. Douglas Robertson recalls thinking to himself that they were going to be eaten alive, but that wasn't the case. It is possible that the speed and the size of Lucette somehow matched those of a whale which made the orcas attack the ship. This theory is also supported by the fact that the orcas didn't proceed on attacking the ship. As soon as they figured out that Lucette was inedible, they went away. They struck only twice, but unfortunately, it was enough to sink the schooner. They were 200 miles away from the nearest land, the Galapagos Islands. Lucette sank in a matter of minutes. The Robertsons had absolutely no time to evacuate properly and gather anything that would help them survive. Lynn was still in her nightdress when they jumped into the inflatable life raft Lucette was equipped with. They had a dinghy, a 10-day supply of fresh water, and not a lot of food. A bag of onions, oranges, some sweets. They were too far away from land or any shipping route, so no one would have come to rescue them. Dougal had to tell his loved ones that they probably wouldn't make it. But the best ideas are often born in the most desperate situations. Douglas learned from his father that there are certain zones in the Pacific, near the equator, that are called doldrums. These zones are rainy, but the sea itself here is calm. To sail here was their only option. They made a sail, put it on the dinghy named Edna Mare, and made it a tugboat for their raft. Soon they learned how to catch giant sea turtles with their bare hands. But sea turtles are famous for their nasty claws. They're tough creatures that won't give in without a fight. Sores and wounds after those encounters are a bad combination with salty ocean water. Good thing Lynn was a certified nurse. She figured out that the turtles might help with lots of problems at once. The Robertsons learned to drink turtle blood. They said it was almost unbearable, but whatever allowed them to survive was good enough. Turtle fat was their only medicine. It appeared to be good for their numerous sea sores. On the seventh day of their struggle, they saw a ship and used one of their flares, but they were missed completely. No one noticed them. Three days later, it became more and more obvious that an opportunity to wake up every next dawn would only be earned if they fight for their lives. The inflatable life raft had a hole too, probably from the turtles. 
Douglas was trying his best to inflate the raft once again, but it was useless. There was no way to fix it. All of them had to move to the 9-foot dinghy. Still, Douglas's plan worked. They collected enough water in the doldrums area of the Pacific to stay hydrated. But the dinghy was unstable to say the least. The five people inside the vessel were always in water to their waists. The sixth one was able to sit on the only dry spot. They took shifts, and Lynn often skipped her shifts to let her children sit there. Rains were blessings, but they also became a problem as it was a constant necessity to scoop out water. At this time, they forgot what a night of good sleep felt like. Turtle blood collected in the dinghy was mixing with the water, and when this mixture spilled overboard, it attracted sharks. They were more of an intimidation than a real threat to the Robinsons, but still a good reminder that they should be strong. They even caught one and ate it. Douglas recalls that the shark had other fish in its stomach, and that was a far greater food source than the shark itself. On the 23rd day, a particularly angry turtle almost put a bitter end to this story. It cut off all the bottles of fresh water the Robinsons collected with its sharp claws. This could be fatal, because no matter how much fresh water was on the bottom of the dinghy, it was already tainted with turtle blood and other possible food wastes. Lynn knew that this water would be highly toxic and forbade them to drink it. Instead, she came up with an unpleasant but brilliant idea. She kept everyone hydrated through the makeshift enemas of this water. This way, toxic substances couldn't get into the blood. On the 38th day after Lucette sank, a little Japanese fishing vessel, Tokomuro 2, sighted the Robinson's dinghy. They couldn't even imagine they would find anyone alive on the boat, but the Robinsons had survived. They could barely speak because their tongues were swollen from dehydration. They were weak and faint, but they were finally saved. After these events, Dougal Robinson wrote a book about it which became a bestseller. Soon he bought his wife a new farm, but they decided to split ways from that point. Dougal once again bought a boat went sailing in the Mediterranean, and never stopped since then. Still, I think it was family bonds that allowed the Robertsons to survive in the Pacific Ocean. And what do you think? Let me know down in the comments. If you learned something new today, then give this video a like and share it with a friend.